Ladies and gentlemen, federal employees, you are not going to like today's topic. Well, you're going to like a part of it, but not most of it, okay? That is just a fair warning. We're talking about taxes and how taxes come in and eat away at your retirement income and what you need to do. There's going to be three strategies at the end about what you can do to lower your tax burden over the over your life time. So we're going to dive right in. And the question I get all the time is, do I owe taxes on my federal federal retirement? Do I paid into the system my entire life? Do I owe taxes when I retire? It's a great question. And the answer is simply yes. Yes, 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 you do. So, but when we say federal retirement, what the heck are we talking about? First, there's three main sources of income, your pension, social security, and your TSP. And the vast majority of the time, the vast majority of all three of those income sources are in fact taxable. You pay taxes on them just like you do with your salary right now. However, there's nuances. So let's dive in. We'll take it one step at a time. Look at your pension first and Social Security, then your TSP. Look at how it's taxed. So when you are doing your numbers, when you're planning for retirement, you can get an idea of, okay, how do I plan for how much taxes I'm going to pay, right? So let's dive in. Your pension. So every paycheck, you put in a small amount of your paycheck into the FERS retirement system. Now, I'm not talking about the TSP right now. This is your retirement system that ends up funding your pension once you retire. So a piece of your salary goes into that every two weeks. So many people ask, hey, I I funded into the system for years. How in the world do I still pay pay taxes on my pension at retirement time? Because you do. You certainly do. Well, the answer is you don't pay taxes on 100% of your pension come retirement, but it's pretty close to 100%. Basically, what they do is they add up all the contributions you paid into the retirement system over the course of your career. They say, so, okay, um, Jimmy Jones, whatever, you know, insert a fake name here. Jimmy Jones paid $30,000 into the system over the course of his career. What we're going to do is we're going to stretch out that $30,000. So we're going to attribute that a piece of every one of his pension checks is not going to be taxable because he did pay some money into the system that he didn't get a tax break for initially when he paid it in. So we're going to attribute, but they're going to stretch it out over the course of your lifetime. So in reality, every one of your pension checks is going to be highly taxable. About 95 to 98% of it is going to be taxable. Now, right now, there's the FERS Frey and the FERS Ray. Now, you folks are those that have been hired relatively recently here in the last 10-ish years. You actually pay more into the retirement system than your predecessors. So once you start retiring, start drawing pensions, it may be a higher percentage of your pension that's not taxable because you just paid more into the system. But for now, for you folks that are probably going to be retiring, just plan on 95 to 98%, basically 100% of your pension is going to be taxable. So that's number one. That is how your pension works. Number two, your social security. So again, every two weeks from your paycheck, you're going to see a line item that says, hey, it's going to show up as FICA or Medicare and Social Security or just Social Security. There's a lot of ways that it shows up, but long story short, it's going to fund your Social Security benefits one day once you start taking those. So the question is, okay, I've again been funding into the system all of these years. 
is it taxable when I start taking it? And the answer is it depends. So it actually depends on your income level. The higher your income level, the more the higher the percentage of your Social Security benefits are going to be taxable. So basically, though, as federal employees, because you have your pension, because you're going to have Social Security, before, because you have your TSP, because you're going to have quite a few income sources, you're probably going to be in the 85% bracket. What that means is 85% of your Social Security is going to be taxable income. So about 15% roughly of every Social Security check that you get is not taxable income, but the rest basically is. Now, there's nuance there. If your income is, is lower in retirement than the average person, it will be lower. But again, for federal employees, 99% of you, that's not going to be the case. 99% of you, you're going to owe on 85% of your Social Security. So honestly, for planning purposes, it may just be good just to, just to expect to pay taxes on 100% because in planning, you always want to be more conservative with your assumptions than reality. You don't want to underestimate your tax bill and then be surprised later. Pay taxes, whether it's while you're working, whether it's when you retire. So that's huge. But in reality, I know many of you are close to retirement and many of you have the vast majority of your money in the traditional TSP. Now, I've met many of you that that is not true where you have a lot of money in the Roth TSP and that's awesome, kudos to you. But for most of you, you're gonna have most of your money in the traditional TSP. And when you put money into the traditional TSP, you get a tax break, you get a tax deduction. But as we know, as that money grows, let's say over the course of your career, you put 200,000 into the TSP of your own money. And let's say between the government's match and the growth you got, let's say it's grown to 600,000. Well, great, that entire 600,000, when you take money out of the TSP, the entire amount is taxable income, the entire amount. Now, if you have a Roth TSP, assuming you keep the rules, there's a few more little nuanced rules on making sure you could take the Roth TSP out tax-free, but assuming you keep all of those and don't break the rules, then the Roth TSP could come out completely tax-free, which is incredible. So basically, like we said, basically 100% of your pension is going to be taxable. 85% of your Social Security is basically going to be taxable. So just round up for planning purposes to 100%. In reality, it'll be a little less. It'll be 85%. And then your TSP, assuming most of your wealth is in the traditional, is going to be 100% taxable. So again, for many federal employees that have strong pensions, that have long careers, their retirement income is often similar to their salary, which means your taxable income is gonna be similar to what it was while you were working. But with all that being said, all the talk about taxes and how much taxes you're gonna owe, what can you do? What can you do to lower your tax bill? Now, you actually have an inherent advantage over the IRS, and let me tell you what it is. The IRS has a very short view they only look in one year increments most of the time. Unless there's issues, they may look back a few years. But other than that, they only look one year at a time. You, as the captain of your financial ship, can look farther than one year. You can look over, okay, yes, I want to I want to pay as few taxes as I can now, but I want to optimize my situation so for the rest of my life, I lower my tax bill as much as I possibly can. So when the IRS is just looking at one year, you're looking at the next 20, 30 years, and you're coming up with a strategy that lowers your tax bill across that entire time. And when you do that sort of thing, the amount of taxes you can save is incredible. So 
What are those specific things? So there are really three specific things that you can do to lower your taxes over your entire life. And number one is you want to stabilize your income. What does that mean? It means you never want spikes in income. Never. For example, if your income, your taxable income over time, was up one year, down the next, up, down, up, down, that's terrible. That's the worst thing for your taxes. Let me tell you why. We are in a progressive tax system, meaning the higher income you have, the higher percentage of that income gets taken goes to the government. When you have lows, it's a lower percentage, but it averages out to a higher amount than you would if you just tried to even it all out. You want to even things out. Now, what kind of throws wrenches in this plan of having stable taxable income over the course of time? Number one, RMDs, required minimum distributions. Starting at 72, the government forces you to start taking money out of retirement accounts. And the one exception is a Roth IRA. So Roth IRAs are awesome for that. Um, so they're going to start forcing you to take money out. So if you don't have a plan to deal with RMDs, then you may have spikes in income, which is not good. We don't want that. Also, if you're planning on making a big purchase from traditional TSP money, let's say a, a home or something big, you want to try to spread that out as much as you possibly can. You don't want to do that all at once. Also, looking at Medicare Part B premiums. As you know, once you turn 65, Medicare comes into play. And Medicare Part B premiums, what it costs you every month, is dependent on your income. So if you have spikes in income, then it could skyrocket your Medicare Part B premiums, which is not a good thing. So the first thing, again, is you want to even out your taxable income over time as much as possible. Now, another wrinkle in that is tax rates change over time. So you have to have a flexible plan as, as things change, you gotta have a plan. Okay, what do I do now? How do I adjust? How do I change? You gotta keep on it so that over time you can save loads of money in retirement. So that's number one. Number two is Roth conversions. So like we said before, many of you don't have loads of money in a Roth TSP or a Roth account right now. And that's okay. It doesn't mean your financial future is totally terrible. Right? That's not what I'm saying. But in retirement can be a great time to start moving money over because a Roth IRA is incredible for lots of reasons. First, it can grow tax-free for the rest of your life. It's not subject to RMDs. And guess what? If you pass it to an heir, let's say your kids or whoever, a charity, guess what? They get it tax-free. So for example, let's say you have a child you want to give your money to when you pass away. Well, if you give them a traditional TSP or a traditional IRA, they have to pay taxes on that money. And for some people, that may not be a big deal. Like, hey, it's free money. They're, they pay tax on it. But some people say, no, I don't want them to have to deal with that. I want to take care of that for them. A Roth IRA is a great way to do it. A Roth IRA has so many advantages. So think about it. Look at Roth conversions. I'm not going to dive into Roth conversions super deep right now. But that is a great way over time to get money over there. So over the course of your lifetime, you can save loads in taxes and keep more money in your own pocket. Okay, that was number two. Number three, what's the third thing we can do to lower your taxes in retirement? Now, there's more things you can do to lower your taxes. These are just three of the most common that apply to the most people, depending on your nuanced situation. I, we work with clients all the time, and this is our job, right? To help them come with a financial plan and to lower their taxes over the course of their entire life. Number three, though, is asset location. What the heck does that mean? So you've all heard of asset allocation, how you should be investing your money, like should it be in the G fund, should it be in the C fund, 
Where should it be? That's asset allocation. What I'm talking about right now is asset location. What the heck does that mean? Well, what that means is there's different types of accounts, as we've already talked about. There's the traditional TSP or pre-tax accounts, money that when you take it out has to be taxed. There's Roth accounts where the money's already been taxed. So when that money comes out, it's completely tax-free, which is incredible. There's also just brokerage accounts or normal investment accounts where you pay taxes as you go. And the reason I'm bringing this all up is because we know that the money in those different buckets of types of accounts are treated differently for tax purposes. We want to optimize what investments are in those types of accounts to get the best results. So for example, let's say you have half of your money in the traditional TSP and half your money in the Roth TSP or Roth IRA, okay, in a Roth account. Well, if we had to pick, we say, hey, if I could pick one of these accounts to, to double over the next five years and one account to stay exactly the same, which one would you pick? Would you pick the account you know you're gonna have to pay all the taxes on later? Or would you pick the account that you never have to pay taxes again on? Well, you pick the account, the Roth account, you never have to pay taxes again. So what does that mean? Often in retirement, it makes sense to have some aggressive investments and some safe investments, right? Some G fund, some not G fund, right? Some Z fund, S fund. And these are TSP funds if you're in an IRA, which most of our clients end up being, depending on what we're doing for them. Um, then of course there's alternatives to those which are very, very similar, okay? So in retirement, it makes sense to have aggressive investments and safe investments. So if we had to pick where to put the safe investments and where to put the aggressive investments, well, guess what? Over time, like we said, we want the Roth accounts to get the growth. If we can pick, and you can pick, you can pick where to put your aggressive investments, which is gonna get you the growth over time that you're looking for. And the safe investments will stick that in the, the pre-tax accounts, which you're gonna pay taxes on. Okay, fine. We don't like paying taxes, but might as well pay taxes on as little as possible. Now, just that one element of picking and choosing which type of investments go into different accounts can make massive difference. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of saved tax dollars that you can save just by picking where you put money. Now, that's one downside of the TSP is you, you can't choose how to invest your Roth TSP or you can't change how your Roth TSP is invested compared to the traditional TSP. They are invested exactly the same. You can't pick. So that's one downside of the TSP and there's pros and cons. I have tons of videos on the pros and cons of IRA versus TSP. And it's not a clean cut decision. There's definitely pros and cons. But those are the three ways that you could save loads in taxes over the course of your lifetime and keep more money in your pocket so you can have the retirement that you want. So if there's anything that surprised you here, put in the comments below, or maybe I didn't address something that you've heard of or, or you have more questions, put in the comments below and we do our best to get back to you. I hope that was helpful. Have an incredible rest of your day. And actually, before I wrap up, there's tons of great resources below. There are is a free copy of my TSP book there's tons of resources and articles and videos on my website that can be incredibly helpful so that you can retire the way that you want as a federal employee. So check those out in the description below and I'll see you guys next time.